Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens to another edition of New Amsterdam Radio, the Thursday night morning delight. I'm not sure. When you listen to this podcast for creatives, thinkers, and doers, Flubber Voice, the mayor in the mayor's office, uh, kind of doing that early year juggle. You know, we're post the holiday season. Uh, you have the big plans of what you're going to do in January. And now in February, it's all about doing it. And I feel like I've been swamped left to right uh, doing things. But what I am doing also is taking time to schedule fun by checking out shows and sports. All kind of fun stuff around town. I'm using SeatGeek to do that, though. SeatGeek is the best way to get yourself front row and center to some of the best entertainment shows ever. Use promo code FLOBITO. That's me, F-L-O-B-I-T-O, for $20 off your first order. SeatGeek, tell them FLOBITO sent you. My guest this week is a man by the name of Iman Tucker, uh, also in the music space. I like to dabble with the DJing arts and sciences. Iman has done it at the professional level, uh, being a DJ for the Fever and the Pacers and other properties all around the Indianapolis area. So being able to see someone that does what I do, but on a larger scale, is always fun for me. But hopefully when you check this out, you may have uh, a bit of a relens of what your aspirations could be. Maybe you thought that, hey, look, having a lemonade stand would be fun. But imagine that lemonade stand was officially uh, the official lemonade stand of a team or a business, right? And so hopefully you enjoyed that. NewAmsen.com knwamsterdam.com and over on social media at new amsterdam on instagram at new underscore amsterdam on that twitter enough of me rambling now time for my chat with iman tucker welcome back to new amsterdam radio the podcast for creators it is i the mayor flobo boys in the mayor's office hang with people who are doing the dang thing and my guest is doing the dang thing. You're talking about entrepreneurship. You're talking about making music matter for so many different kinds of people. Well, my guest, Iman Tucker, is doing it in space. DJ for NBA teams, motivational speaker, and a survivor of cancer. We're talking about all of that. Iman, thank you so much for being on the show. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you're open to this, but I kind of want to hire you to introduce me to anything <laughs> I do moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good, baby. Why not? <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Oh man, you are a doer. We said in the intro, and it's and it's true because I was trying to write this down, and we'll talk about the different parts of your business and your person. But I always ask my guests this off the top: You're at a party, and someone asks you, "Hey, what do you do? How do you summarize all the different aspects that you're good at into one line, to one ball?" Uh, I promise you, it is. Uh, this is not planned, but I do plan this every time somebody says this. Um, I didn't plan to say this in the podcast by any means, but if somebody ever asks me what I do, I always have a vetting question. I say, I sell drugs. And the reason why I do that is because I want to check out, like, is this person a judgmental person? So, like, if they're like, oh, or they're like, uh, like, I know there's only a little bit of information I can share with them in other aspects that they might judge me for. And so yeah. I, always, I always leave with that because the best conversations are when people are like, oh, really? That's super cool. Tell me more. Because <laughs> I know I can be, I can be open and transparent. So that's what I tell people. <laughs> 
I sell drugs. You know, I always tell people about the whole LA thing and here in LA where we try to just be like grinders. I'm grinding, I do this and that, that and that without any attempt to make progress. And so I would go to parties and I would literally say, I do nothing and wait for a reaction. And people go, oh, nothing? Uh, you know, uh, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad because you sell drugs. No, I'm just kidding. All right. First thing off the, off the rip, uh, the person I saw you doing was DJing. So you were like the house DJ for a lot of uh, clients, but definitely the Pacers, the Fever, and the Colts. Uh, how did you get into that first? Uh, into music, into understanding what makes people move at these kind of events? What was your whole flavor, brother? Yeah, so we so we talk. You said what's the what would I say at a party? Well, I kind of discovered my vision for DJing at a party when I was in college. I wasn't the guy that was drinking. I wasn't the guy that was smoking. I wasn't trying to take girls home. I was literally there to make sure my teammates got home. Um, I was always the DD, but the entrepreneur in me, like something in my spirit, just burns when I don't have like utility or something to do while I'm there. So I started being the person that was playing the music. Um, and just so happens my music taste was popular enough to where it would like make people move, but also fresh enough and funky enough to where like they have a good time and feel some soul in it. Yeah. And so um, I'm not the type of person that I just do things to do it. Um, if I even buy a T-shirt, I'm trying to figure out why I bought the T-shirt. What was it about the T-shirt? This, that, like really trying to understand the whole process. And so as it's grown and scaled to now doing some of these bigger clients and bigger work, it's just at the end of the day, it's just been me auditing what I love about DJing, but what the crowd or what the pace needs and then spending time on the turntables, learning how to do it and then pushing out the product. Yeah, for sure. And if you, you've gone to the top, I mean, corporate clients for a lot of us in DJing is kind of the sweet spot because you get to, to emulate that club atmosphere and corporate clients, them checks don't bounce. Uh, <laughs> well, what was that like for you on that growth pattern though? I mean, there's always that self doubt of learning a craft and then trying yourself and, and doing the hard knocks, at the local bar where they're paying you and, and drink tickets and handshakes. Like what kept you going through that period of your career? Yeah, the, you know the goal. They say, like, we'll pay you an exposure. Like, oh, thank you. I'll take that to the bank. I'll cash it in. See if I can pay rent this week with exposure. Right. Um, but no, that's a great question. And thank you for asking that. Because I think one thing is, is creative. It's like we try to pretend like we have everything all figured out. And we try to pretend like, oh, there's this progression and things are going to go like this. It's going to be hard, but it's going to pay off. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, five years ago, I had no clue that any of this DJ stuff was going to pay off. I just did it because I loved it. And I consistently improved on it because it's something I believed in. But other than that, like I still like kind of like pinch myself times and be like, wait, we came from like house parties playing for a bottle of water to doing yeah. this. Like it, it's crazy. I can't believe it. Well, hold on, let me take a step back then. So, so what was going to be the plan before that, before you decided to jump off and be DJ what was the, the thing you jumped off from? I was going to be a corporate hustler. You know, I was in school for six years. Um, I was going to do the nine to five thing, but I was going to try to bring some soul into it as a melanated brother. But like I t- got my first job in corporate America and I just, I struggled. It just, uh, I, I had um, entertainment, marketing, what kind of industry? Um, it was in the two different ones. I, I jumped, jumped from one to the next one. The first one was within medical sales. The second one was within, um, insurance in a specific niche um not to give it away but just to tell you that it it just wasn't for me like there was just something that was too vanilla about it that i had a hard time even waking up in the morning saying like i want to go to work 
So it was night. And I was, the reason I asked you that, Stephen, was like night and day. It wasn't like you were a salesperson in a music store, like, hmm, I combined it. But no, it was like a, something that was a square job. And you said, no, I'm going to bet on myself and jump over. Now, the question I have for that, that decision where you said, you know what? Music is something that really makes me, motivates me. You talk to your team. Was everyone on board? Was it like, oh, man, we want to see you happy. Or was it like, what is you doing, brother? <laughs> So all of my mentors, we joke about it today because they would always say, I think at the time I was like 24, which in the grand scheme of things is very young. But my mentor was like, I want you to text seven girls that you respect the most in your life and let these be young women. He's like, and ask them, would they ever marry a DJ? Mm. I got six no's in one. It depends. <laughs> That's good <laughs> odds, <man. laughs> And he was on my back all the time. And I'm going to send this to him so he can watch this. <laughs> he was on my back all the time. And he was like, you're too old to be a DJ. You need to buckle down and start thinking about what it's like to have a family, what it's like to do this, what it's like to do that. And I'm not going to lie. In the back of my mind, there was like that seed of doubt that was being planted of like, maybe this isn't for me. And yeah. so I carried that for a while. And that's why I tried the whole corporate thing. But it is it, one point, like if enough is enough and you actually truly see a vision in something, yeah. you got to mitigate certain types of risk and just go for it. So you're based in Indiana now. Uh, or you're, are you an Indianian original? Indianian? What's the word? Uh, no, I'm originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is my dad okay. was based in Fort Bragg. Um, sure. So that's why I was born there. But everybody always knows J. Cole is like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that's from there. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to school in northern Florida, and I lived in New York, so I, I commuted through both the Carolinas. Um, so many speeding tickets off of 95. <laughs> so, so, okay, I understand sometimes I ask a lot of my creatives, and they say, you know, when in the situations where it was like, oh, man, you know, maybe you should think about what you want to do with your life, you jump, and it starts to work out for you. Because I'm on your website right now. You're doing events. You're doing weddings. You do so much more. Music is it's just a sliver of what you do. Was there a moment you wanted to be like, I told you so? <laughs> Was there a moment you're like, ah, I made it? <laughs> Every day, but then here's the thing that always humbles me. Whenever you think you've made it, you see another echelon of people that are past you that are yeah. literally crapping on all the work that you've ever done. Not, no, not like openly crapping on it, but you just think like the pace in which they're doing it is so much bigger and greater and beyond yours yeah. that it's really hard for me to stay in that space because I'm one of those people that I'm always trying to scale and grow and expand my horizon. So as thankful as I am to be doing what I'm doing, I can't honestly sit here and be like, yes, I've made it. Yeah, I got you. Sometimes I always ask uh, my, my, my friends back home about the self-made debate. You know, we always say, hey, look, I'm self-made. I get it myself. Or my parents are immigrants. But then it's always the, I, the team dynamic. Like you rely on people, you call on people. Like where does that like kind of land for you, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about you, your business, it launches. Uh, and I'm sure it's thriving now because I'm on the wedding page on your website. You're like, yo, man, these inquiries are coming too hot. I can't even do your weddings. <laughs> What was that first year like? I mean, that first year starting your own business, launching your own business must have been kind of trial by fire, man. Walk me through that. Well, I'm sure it's much like probably even your experience with podcasts. Like you go into it in the back of your mind and you think like, this is what it's going to cost. This is the type of energy it's going to have. And based on this average timeline, this is about the time where I should start to feel some momentum. Yeah. Well, um, DJ gear is not cheap. Bro, <laughs> and being a DJ, I'm sure you understand that. Bro. It's like 
it's it's like so terrifyingly expensive and so i'm thinking in my head like how am i going to create a product that like steps up to where i want this brand to be in terms of quality even with speakers equipment and all that but then still like be able to afford life without getting into a debt and so um it was a slow burn, a slow grind. But then once I got to the point where I actually started getting some attention and some making some noise, I actually technically as a DJ wasn't very good. And mm-hmm. so then I had to start investing into education. So I actually enrolled in a DJ academy. I started purchasing classes to understand music theory and like production and all these other little elements. Next thing I know, I look at my tax statement at the end of the year. I'm like, I spent that much money on like trying to be a DJ. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it's no different than right going to college and paying tuition. But like, if you really want to invest in yourself, like sometimes it takes either a big time sacrifice, a big financial sacrifice, or both. And I can't sit here and ever say like, "Oh yeah, I knew it was going to be worth it." Now oh, I can. Yeah. I can connect the dots backwards, but trying to connect them forwards, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely, I like how uh, on your taxes you're like the, it's a professional development line. <laughs> like buying scratch tutorials online. So, uh, so, so real talk. Our our, our trajectories are a little bit similar. So, I did corporate America first. I wanted to be a corporate financial analyst when I was in high school. I went to a finance program, uh, and on my internship, I saw how media people work. I did that for a bit, and then I had a a day job working in the HR department of a loan servicer. Like I thought, I thought oh, they paid me a lot of money, so much money I could eat out every lunch day. I mean, that's the kind of money I was making. And they let me go on Thanksgiving morning, 2017. Uh, they gave me a call, they were like, ah, we're done, we're going to direction. And all I had was my controller in my closet, not even speakers, because I was in my house with it. And I decided to launch my business there. And that first year was kind of like, feast or famine and it is kind of um uh relieved that you can make that your brand work so the question i have for you is the brand let's talk about it believe brand entertainment what does it mean brother and what does it mean to you yeah so um i just growing up i loved my like guilty pleasure is watching hip-hop artist interviews on youtube that's my thing and what I've noticed is, is the certain ones that are kind of like the moguls, they have a brand associated with their actual rap career, their identity. And in that brand, it's not just them that's eating. It's some of the people that are under them. And it's like you show up, the, you see them like in the studio and there's like 100 people there and half the people don't even have a job. But like yeah. everybody in their community is eating. And so I recognize that if I want to scale my personal brand that's cool. But like, is it going to allow other people to benefit from the work I'm doing today? Because God forbid, if today was my last day on earth, I don't want my work to just die with me. Like I want a system that other people can still benefit on and catch like momentum through. And so that's the, the whole inspiration behind Believe Brand Entertainment. And so typically now when I book, I actually book myself through my agency so that, um, I don't get all the credit for it. It's like we we went with Believe Brand Entertainment. We just happen to have him on through that. Yeah, yeah. And and, and people, the kind of clients that, that, that roll through, have you seen a through line through them? Is a certain kind of brand, kind of a clientele you acquire? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we the reason why we went with the faith-based approach to DJing, um, and actually this is the first time I've ever publicly talked about this, but it, it's very important because it kind of built it. With DJing, you know how it kind of goes. Like, it, are you a club DJ? Are you a wedding DJ? Are you a family-friendly DJ? Are you for adult? Like, 
space type DJing. And for us, we recognize that if we wanted to book sports venues, if we wanted to book um, corporate stuff, there's almost like this safe family friendly guarantee that you had to have. And so being a man of faith, I recognize for a lot of people, you recognize they probably aren't going to curse. You know, they're probably not going to be the most vulgar people. Like they're going to be more on the, and I don't mean political. I just mean like actually conservative side of things. And so that's why we ended up branding ourselves through Believe Brand because we had a retail company called Believe Brand Company there was apparel and so then yeah. we branched off of that and added the entertainment side on top of it so we could attach some of that imaging and messaging now to the dj side of things as well uh personal question that i'm sure you don't have to answer because it could be proprietary but is there a bit of of a tightrope you have to walk between being authentic to yourself and the brand without coming off as exploitive or, or seeing as over the top or is i'm just just my especially from the outside no, that's a great question. And that's something we have to talk about a lot because it's like we want to be authentic to ourselves, but we also want to be authentic to the brand. And we don't want to have to compromise either of them at the same time. So that means either we as an individual have to level up to now be at that standard for the brand, or we have to take that brand and change our messaging so we're not confusing people. Because the sure. first thing all my like religious friends thought when I said I want to become a DJ is they thought nightclubs drinks, uh, degeneracy, um, you know, sexually driven cultures and environments. And I'm not like bashing anybody that DJs in those spaces because I still sub in those sometimes as a Mon Tucker, not as Believe Brand, but as a Mon Tucker. But at the same time, it's like if we want to protect that brand image, us saying no to events actually is more important now to what we than what we say yes to. Right. And I guess your, your clients kind of get kind of becomes like a marriage in that kind of way where you know who who is in business with you and they want to work with you for a particular reason exactly you know like if if you say like yeah i'm a pacers dj now there's one a reputation that comes with that but then they also recognize what if the pacers trust him to play for seventeen thousand people knowing there's going to be people of different uh racial ethnicities sexual orientation ages demographics like this must be the melting pot of djs and this guy is a safe bet let's go with him not to compare uh, weddings to to sporting events, because I would never, because you, you have a basically a guest list of 15, 20, 60,000 people in some cases. But what is the approach to, to make sure everyone's having a good time? There's no uncle hitting you up in the ear saying, can you play the Beatles? I mean, there's no one around you. How do you know what works for a crowd and what does it on such a big scale? Well, it's all about preparation and and being a tech entrepreneur as well. I understand how important feedback is. I know a lot of DJs are in like, we don't do requests. Like, let me curate the vibe. I got this from start to finish. Well, I don't see DJing particularly like that. I don't see it as I'm the celebrity. I see it as I'm the host and I'm also the hospitality team. So I'm actually going to go around, check in on you, see how you're doing, see which vibe you're feeling. How's your energy today? What song you've been listening to this week? What's your favorite song of all time? Better yet, what's your dad's favorite song of all time? And really try to connect it. And now that's where the musicality becomes really important because the way as a DJ, I have to connect analog rock music to digital hip hop that's now 2022, 2023. It takes musicality to do that in real time. And so the preparation when nobody's watching, but also the hospitality when we're actually in these spaces. It is interesting because when you're in music like that, you become like Iron Man. You're like, what, hot-blooded foreigner that can't release this year? This this Camelot, like this beat per minute, it becomes like this whole thing in your head about what you can go with. And it's almost, it's great because it's like second nature. I mean, it's, 
a lot of us on the outside of the music say, oh, DJs, oh, we'll get a playlist. It'd be easy. But no, there is a skill to that. I'm sure that's why you know that, but that's why you're here. Um, I want to ask you a question. I want to broach just the subject lightly because you are a cancer survivor, which is something that is, I have not experienced, but I can bet that must have been a trying time. A lot of entrepreneurs deal with that fear about their own health when they're building their business and the hours spent on that. What was your journey like uh, coming, overcoming that and understanding the, the, the mortality, if I can say it, of being a business owner? Yeah, so it's like one of those blessings and a curse. And the way I explain it is it's the best, worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I've seen other, actually, other survivors of just whether it be trauma, cancer, like domestic violence, whatever it is, they kind of carry a similar spirit in them about this gave me so much perspective that has allowed the compass for where I'm moving forward to easily be directed. And so for me, what I learned in that space was is it wasn't really about me because all I had to do was just get the treatment and survive. But think about my brother, my sister, my grandparents, all my caretakers, the nurses, they had to do their best, but the outcome, it was not outcome dependent at all. Like you could do your best and I still lose this battle. And mm -hmm. for them, like if I die because of my cancer, guess what? I'm gone. Like, I don't even know I'm, I don't even know I'm out of here, but all those people have to live with perhaps that shame or that guilt or that responsibility and wondering like, what could I have done here? What could I have done there? So for me, it was actually easier than probably for everybody else. But I say all that to say, because I recognized how hard it was for my caretakers. That's the first time where I had that perception or that perspective that like, my life's really not about me. And I'm here to be hospitable. I'm here to be a servant. I'm here to fill their needs and serve them and affirm them in a way that they feel connected, they feel safe, so that they can have a better experience for something that they're going through. And I can't, I can't lie and say like, that's literally the blueprint of all of our businesses now too. Like sure. making sure our clients or those outside of me are taken care of. And then in that, I also too get taken care of as well because they say yes, they pay for our businesses, they do whatever. You know, this, um, and I apologize to long-term listeners of the show. I say this all the time, but there is there is a line from uh, Ian Fleming that says you only live twice, right? Once, once when you're born and once when you stare death in the face. Now, my end of the experience was a complication from elective surgery, but I will say that it was a perspective that I had of like, yeah, everything I want to do, I got to do it. I want to ride a motorcycle. I want to try my first uh, hour stand up. I'm going to do it because of that. Um, do I don't want to use the I word, but have people come up to you and heard your story and say, hey, man, I was inspired to, to go on my own journey, to do my own thing after hearing yours? I think that's the hardest part for me to actually come to terms with is the fact that um, maybe this story has a message and maybe somebody can be inspired by it because for the longest time, I didn't even tell people, I just showed up to school at 14 years old with no hair. And like, everybody's like, why did you shave your head? Like, oh, bald guy, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, and I realized that by not sharing my story, I was actually the struggles I went through was going in through vain because now I'm I'm the only person that's allowed to have discovery from this thing that happened. Like that's super selfish of me. And so I had to get out of my own head and start being okay with sharing what I went through with people because 
let's say, you know, and I hate to keep saying this, but like, let's say my last day is today or tomorrow or whatever, like all that work, all that struggle, all that pain is just going to be disappeared in a moment's notice because I want to keep everything to myself. Like that's not fair to my nurses. That's not fair to my grandparents. That's not fair to my brother and sister that had to struggle with this through me. So if I can inspire somebody by sharing my story at this point in my life, I'm all in. All in is what it's about. It's still the beginning of 2023. And do you do the year goals, resolutions? What's on deck for Believe My Entertainment the next year, year or two? Can I ask you first? I'm actually anxious to know about a little bit of your goals. Oh, what's up? Uh, well, okay, that's good. That's a good question. So I have many different verticals for my business. So for New Amsterdam Radio, I want to be able to get uh, listened to in more countries. So um, I'm trying to get a lot of the transcripts done in different languages so other people from other languages can understand because typically most who download are English speakers, which makes sense because this is an English podcast. Um, as a comedian, I want to go back on the road. I have the, the one LP, the one EP. I want to do album three or LP two or whatever uh, to go back on stage doing that. And as a presenter and host, uh, wrestling was good to me. Uh, I had the Spotify show. Uh, I want to go back up there with another um, vendor, maybe either wrestling or boxing or uh, a Formula One. And from the esports sports casting, uh, shout casting thing, I want to be able to cast a LAN, which is like basically an in-person event for video games, whether it's Rocket League or F1 or WWE2K or Madden. Um, I do a lot, <laughs> but those are my goals for the year. So across the fingers, it happens. Yeah, I had a feeling just based on your energy and based on how many things you seem to have like knowledge on and even the preparation for this podcast. Yeah, I was like, I have a feeling this individual is doing a lot. So I was like, let me hear about his goals first and like size up like are mine even legit based on some of the stuff that this guy's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, I always get inspired when I hear about people and their goals because I'm not gonna lie, I actually have a really hard time setting goals. The reason being is because every time I try to set a goal and I actually consistently go, like we said earlier, all in on this thing, like the way it's blessed is like tenfold, twentyfold, a hundredfold. And so I wish I could write a story and say like, oh yeah, in 2022, I'm going to be Indiana Pacers, Indiana Hoosiers, Indiana Fever, Indianapolis Colts DJ. Like it sounds cute, but like the reality of it is, is I didn't know that. I just want to know what it was like to be a working DJ and make a living yeah. doing something I love. And so in 2023, my goal is actually to commit to processes that we've already been doing and go all in on those. But then on the second part is I want to do a better job of actually sharing some of the insights I'm learning through this so that I can encourage and inspire other people to actually start investing in the things that fire them up and make them really excited. That's a common trend. The, the, the pursuit of the intellectual is twofold. One is never being satisfied with the knowledge you have, and then being able to share with others and build a platform for others. So yeah, right on, player. Hope that works out for sure. Because it looks like it's only the beginning for you, man. I'm, I'm looking at this, these photo shoots. I'm here. I'm looking at the uh, social media pages for you, man. Like you just, you look a celebrity, man. I'm glad you can uh, grace the presence of our, of our show before you get too famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks. I mean, what is fame? But uh, no, nah, I appreciate that. Uh, do you have a, a dream venue or is it kind of like a gig at a time sort of situation? A dream venue. So I have a dream scenario. And okay. it's 
and see, this is this is why I, I sometimes I hate talking about dreams and goals because when you actually start pursuing it, then you're like, wait a second, what's next? But my dream and my goal was always to do like a six show tour overseas. And like while I'm in these cultures or while I'm in these spaces, like going out to some of their nightlife, going to their restaurants and really getting a vibe for how they um, express themselves through music and then incorporating that into how I express myself through music. And so we actually already had two spaces lined up, one in Dubai and one in Greece for 20, summer 2023. And so now I'm thinking like, wait a second, the same guy that was DJing house parties for free in 2017, 2016 has a chance. He's only four spaces away from now doing that six show tour. Like, yeah. Uh, part for me to editorialize, but why six? I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it just felt right. I don't know. Okay. I'm like the, I'm the uh, analytical creative, so it's like I like to put metrics behind things. But my yeah. ultimate decision ends up being what just feels good. I don't know. Something about six just sounded cool. Michael Jordan, like, six rings, right? I mean, I was sitting there going like, well, five's a round number, kind of. Seven's a lucky number. Like, why, <laughs> why six? Okay, cool. I, no, I cannot, <laughs> can't knock the hustle. Um, so I ask all my guests this on the show as we wind this down. Uh, the most difficult question I ask everyone. Um, Mr. Tucker, what is your favorite junk food? Uh, <laughs> so this is actually a really hard question to answer, and this is why. So I've actually noticed how sugar has really been like changing my body and like ruining some of my focus and some of my intentionality. And so like in 2023, like a, like a little subcategory goal is for me to start, stop consuming so much sugar. Okay. Um, and it sucks because I have a crazy sweet tooth, like bad. I like ice cream, brownies, um, cookies, uh, crap. Cheetos, like all kinds of bad stuff. And so I've noticed that as I've elevated, it's required me to be a little bit more intentional with my nutrition and how I treat my body and, you know, self-love and self-care and all those things. So my new favorite junk food is sparkling water. That's what I'm going to oh, say. That's not junk, though. <laughs> I'm moving forward and speaking into existence that sparkling water is the worst thing I'll consume moving forward. There's got to be, I mean, it doesn't have to be like like a, a cake, but it's got to be something like, yeah, man, I had a good day. I'm going to celebrate. I got that, that thing I wanted. I'm going to have a little treat. It could be a grape, you know, but the water cannot count. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, what, it, I'll tell you what it actually is, all right? It's, it's oh multiple things. This is the whole okay. scenario. I just okay. did a show. I'm going to stop by Raising Cane's first. I'm going to get the box combo, forget the slaw, extra bread. Then okay. I'm going to stop by Starbucks, get a venti iced white mocha with vanilla sweet cold foam, like 80 grams of sugar. And then I'm going to stop by Five Guys and get one of those Oreo milkshakes. Okay, that's what I'm talking about, sparkling water. <laughs> I do that I'm on a diet. That can't be junk food. What's your junk food? What is your number one? Oh, um, see, okay. So it depends. If it's like a like a end of the week, you know what I mean. I just I just did it. I usually go to Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's and get the, the double best Western bacon. Uh, I'm almost a big cookie guy, also. But when I'm on vacation mode, I I, I roll up and gets me a beef Wellington. You know what I mean? I want to be fancy. You know? yeah, I want to okay. have some some pastry wrapped in my beef. You know, so I go a little bit levels, but I don't say water jump food. That's, that's my everyday. <laughs> Speaking into existence. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you were talking about the, the Six City Tour, I guess I kind of hammered on the, the number of, of, of dates. But 
I think this year was the first year I was able to travel. No, I take that back. In 2018 was the first time I traveled for business. I had a, a wedding in Italy because the couple was Italian-American and they wanted American sensibilities through DJ, which is awesome. And I flew out there and it was so like not what you're expecting when you say I DJ in Italy. It was kind of like, eh, whatever. But I said to be able to be myself, whether it's in hosting or comedy and or DJing and, and to get paid for it, but the travel, business travel to me always seems more, a lot more fruitful than going on vacation. When I'm on, on vacation, I'm a nervous wreck. And so I remember saying at the end of last year, 2022, going, I want to be able to travel more for business, get in the bag. So I, I totally get that. And if that entails me having junk food in multiple countries, well, so be it, you know? <laughs> it, it cracks me up how much synergy we have just in how we operate and walk through life because it's like, number one, I eat the worst while I'm traveling. Number two, I hate vacation because there's no utility for me. And like after I sit on the beach for 30 minutes, I'm rested for the next, the next three months. Yeah. Um, and there's something about expanding my knowledge and expanding my horizons and really learning about people outside of me that really inspires me. So I, I just have to affirm you really quick and say, I'm actually inspired by you today specifically because oh, thanks, number one, your energy was off the roof like i just did a podcast right before this one and it was awesome i had a great time but like my the energy was lower and this literally just right here brought me yeah. to life and then number two it just seems like you're a lifelong learner so i can only imagine how much fun you have on a day-to-day -day basis without even trying to prioritize fun <laughs> well put it like that it does sound great no i i guess like I, I made the jump man i was pushed out of corporate america it was the best decision that ever happened that wasn't even a decision i made it was one that was made for me to, to do it. So yeah, to meet people like yourself, this is what we do the show for. But uh, I got to wind this down. Uh, we're at the 30 minute mark. I got to ask one more question. And this one here could be as advanced or as chill as you like. But there's a lot of people who think about jumping off and doing whatever they want, creatively, start their own business. And there are some advice you can get from memes and Instagram posts. But what is a, a moment of advice, a nugget of advice that you learned that no one else told you that you can share with someone that may not have gotten it from Grant Cardone or whatever you have on social media? Um, it's all about momentum. It's all about consistency. And those things always seemed like, like smoke and mirrors when I would hear people say it, but literally any success we've ever had on our business is because we focused on something and we we're consistent in that focus. And Sometimes you do have to learn on your own, but the best way for you to actually get where you need to be is instead of spending money on perhaps that experience or that gift or that thing, invest in understanding or purchasing the best friends and mentors that you can that can get you the information faster. Focus on that and be consistent over it. And I kid you not, like your life changes overnight. None of the businesses we built. I learned on my own in every single business endeavor I've ever had. I've worked extra jobs to pay for mentors so that I could get where I needed to be. Shout out to Knowledge Bases. Iman Tucker, thanks so much for being on the show. Now's the time. You put yourself over, brother. If someone wants to contact you, engage with you, book you, give you a virtual high five, or even in person, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, so my name is Iman, I-M-A-N, Smooth Eye Tucker. Um, Smooth eyes not in the name, but just remember it's a smooth eyes as opposed to I'm in. Um, just look me up on Instagram, Google, YouTube, whatever. You'll find something. I try to put it on every space. So whatever medium you want to consume our content, we try to make sure it's there for you. So, Man, there you have it there. Make sure you check it out. Say, Flo, we'll send you on the new Amsam Radio podcast, a podcast for creatives. We're out.
Peace. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.